<laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, he's coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> he's coming. Cabra masse. Yeah, just lift your hands where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. I feel. Cabra masse. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Fill this house with your glory, Lord. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 yeah, 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 man, yeah, yeah, man, glory, 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 Out of the old to the new, it's calling you higher. It's calling you higher. The weights of yesterday are gone. The weights of yesterday are gone. It's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. The worries, the worries. <laughs> Ooh, the worries. The worries of yesterday. <laughs> Ooh, the worries of yesterday. <laughs> Ooh, he's calling you higher. 
says, will you cast your cares on him? For he cares for you. Will you cease the struggle and striving in your own strength? Will you call it finished? Will you call it finished? Take my yoke. Take my burden. Take my peace. I care for you. I care about you. Lord, it's calling out to you today. It's great to be in the house of the Lord today. I said it's great to be in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see you. You survived the time change in the snow. Isn't it good to know that there's still overcoming blood flowing in you? (laughs) You don't have to listen to the gripes of the world. The Lord's doing something here in this moment. I don't want to get in a hurry. There's, there's change that's happening right now. The Lord's doing work in, in some folks' lives right now. There's someone here. There might be multiple someones here, but there's, there's some folks here. You need provision. When I say provision, you need supernatural provision. I'm talking about money. I'm talking about resources. You need supernatural breakthrough financially. 
resources. Um, if that's you, can you just stand where you're at? Just stand to your feet if you're able or raise your hand. Something, just stand where you're at. You need financial provision, financial resources. Um, It's funny because I just, I feel like the Lord is, um, you've been concerned about some natural things that you have need of, whether it's house or car or the things in the natural. The Lord's able to provide. It's good to know he's able. He gives us the ability to steward, right? doesn't eliminate our responsibility to be good stewards, but he also is able to provide. So the the first question as a pastor that I ask when I hear the Lord speak those kinds of things, well, are you stewarding what he's already gave you? And if you're not biblically stewarding, you can't get mad at God when it, quote, doesn't work, right? So you have to start with you have to start with biblical principles, right? But he's able to intervene even when we're not. <laughs> and I and I'm thankful for that. Because there are some times where God just has to intervene and help us fix our situation, and then he helps us learn stewardship. Even when we don't deserve it, right? Thank God for that. It's kind of like when you eat potato chips and ice cream all day and end up in the hospital with a diabetic coma, right? We get mad because we're in the hospital, but it's our own fault because we didn't steward what God gave us. And thank God he interjects in our stupidity and heals us in spite of ourselves. And then we have to learn how to take care of ourselves. It's the same thing. So I know everybody wants a breakthrough, but as pastor, I got to teach you how to live out that breakthrough. So we're going to believe for your breakthrough right now, but I also want you to know how to steward it. Jesus. Lord, this week, I thank you for turnarounds. Lord, I thank you this week there's turnarounds in finances. I thank you, Lord, this week there's turnarounds in research provision, supernatural provision. In Jesus' name, I thank you for testimonies. Testimonies, Lord of supernatural provision and breakthrough in Jesus' name. Unexpected checks. Vehicles, Lord, provision with supernatural vehicles and resources. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, hallelujah. If you all have your Bibles, you can go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, it has been a good day in the house of the Lord already, uh, I want you to be praying, it's, it's interesting, you know, you never know where the Lord puts you, you know, in situations, I, I, um, it's here Saturday night, I changed, James 1 is where we're going, Saturday night I changed my, my flight arrangements because of the snow. I was supposed to fly out of New Orleans, and I changed last minute to fly out of Lafayette, um, which is just a small little regional airport compared to, you know, New Orleans International. And uh, I was getting, I was in the, 
you know, American Airlines kiosk line, which there wasn't a line, it was me and one other family. And uh, I was doing, you know, getting all my bags ready and everything. And I, I noticed the family in front of me because they had, um, they had three children with them, all similar ages to our kids. And uh, so I just took note, you know, as they're getting all their things settled. And uh, as we were in line, I heard them over say, I overheard them say that the one of them had to have surgery, that they were on, they were getting on the flight because they were going to have surgery. And I assumed that it was one of the kids, but then um, I saw the kids and mom leave, and then the dad and his mom got on the flight. So um, I was just curious about that. But I, you know, it's, you're in the you're in the flight mode and getting to the gate and loading and all those things. And I'm, I got to Dallas, and my flight connected in Dallas, and when I was waiting at the gate in Dallas, I look up, and here comes the same family from Lafayette walking over to my gate to come to Cleveland. And uh, I was like, hmm. And so he, the, the guy saw me, and he's like, hey, weren't you in Lafayette? You were flying. I was like, yeah, it's, you, know, you know, all two of us at the check-in counter, you know. <laughs> it's real easy to spot somebody, you know, when you're starting off with such a small crew. And... Uh, He's like, you know, so we connected. He said, well, is Cleveland home? And I said, well, my wife's from Lafayette, and, you know, we were in town, and she's visiting family, and I was in New Orleans, and, you know, yada, yada, and flew out, told him the story. And he, um, I said, are you from Lafayette? He was like, well, yeah, originally I was, you know, I'm in Lafayette, told me his name. I'm, I said, well, I'm sure you know, you know, we start, you know, you start comparing notes of who knows who and how everybody's connected and what school did you go to, you know, all those things. And, uh, you know, Figured out that he had had connections with Heather's brother at some point, all this stuff. And um, I said, well, why are you going to, what, you know, why are you going to Cleveland of all places uh, to, to go, you know, in the middle of the snow time out of sunshine and beautiful weather to Cleveland where it's cloudy and snowy, you know, what's going on? And he said, well, my mom uh, is having surgery at the clinic. And uh, so we started talking and it's a... It's a rare situation. She has a tumor actually on her heart. And uh, they said that this is such a rare situation. Uh, they said usually it's, it's one of those things that shows up in childhood and they deal with it as a kid. And she's never been examined. And so they just assume that it's been there her whole life, but it's just now started growing. And so um, they've got to do something about it because it will cut off circulation. And so they... Um, are on their way, and they said that the, even the surgeon, the guy that, the, there's like one surgeon in the whole country that can do this particular surgery that she needs, and he's retired, and he happens to be retired from the Cleveland Clinic, and so they pulled this guy out of retirement to come do a surgery at the clinic so she can get the help she needs. I'm like, well, goodness. <laughs> so I was asking about his church, and of course, he attends a church where we have friends, and we know the pastor, and um, they are and such, and so we were talked about that, and uh, I said, well, you know, and I told him that I was a pastor here in the area, and got his name and number and such, and I, so I told him, I said, our church, I'm going to ask our church to pray on Sunday morning for your mom, because I know that that's a, that's a big deal, and uh, she, she was, actually, it was so funny, because we had followed each other in this whole trip, and then I get on the plane to come to Cleveland, and he's sitting right behind me, and so I'm like, you just cannot leave me alone, can you? <laughs> You just keep showing up everywhere. I go, I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. And then he said, we're stalking you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling that way. American Airlines has really set this up, haven't they? 
So, uh, <laughs> of course, we know it wasn't American Airlines, but anyway. Um, so I want us to pray together for his mom. His name's Gordy, and I want us to pray for Gordy's mom this morning. Can we do that? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, as, as they've traveled across the country to be here for surgery in Cleveland this week. We pray, Father, that you would bring a healing. Lord, that you would guide those doctors, give them wisdom and discernment. Father, we just pray that there'd be something supernatural that happens in her body. Lord, that the doctors would stand amazed at a miracle, Lord, at her body, that, that she would be at peace. She'd be at perfect peace, Lord, that she would have not one bit of anxiety or worry going into this. Father, that her nerves and all the things would just cease now in Jesus' name, Lord, that they would know your presence right now, Lord, as they are settling in in Cleveland. Lord, we just thank you that they would know your comfort and your help, that the angels of the Lord go with them. Father, that your presence is with them. We thank you for that in your mighty name. Amen. 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 In James chapter, thank you for that. James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, every, everybody say every. every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Our God is the good Father of heavenly lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. The Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes from Him. He's not giving us gifts that, that are uh, decaying. They're not gifts that, that change over time. You know, when you get a gift in this life, they, they eventually become a burden. You have to keep them up. You have to take care of them. Somebody gives you a new car, you got to take care of the maintenance. You got a new toy for your kids and you want to take the batteries out and throw it in the trash. The, the gifts of this life right? The gifts in this life eventually become a burden, but not so with God. They are good and they are perfect gifts. He is good. He is perfect. They, every gift that comes from the Lord has divine nature in it. Every gift that comes from Him is of divine nature. It's not tarnished. It's perfect. It's good and it's exactly what you need. He went out shopping for you and got you exactly what you needed. He's given you himself. He's given you the gift of his son. He's the father of lights with whom there's no variation, no shadow of turning. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you look into the sky right now, there's, I promise, somewhere there's a sun. There's a moon and there's stars and... They're ever-changing for thousands of years. They're ever-changing since God created them and spoke them into existence. They've been spinning and changing and, and turning and moving, and, but not so with God. He never changes. He's not spinning on an axis. He's not, he's not being turned to and fro from the changes of this life. He's not under the curse of sin. He's absolutely steady and perfect in all his ways. His, you know, the sun is constantly rising and setting, but not so with God. He's, he's always at his peak performance. And he's radiating down on you and I. <clears throat> his light is radiating down on you and I. You know, the, the Bible says that God sits in unapproachable light, that He's the God, He's the Father of light, and in Him there's no darkness. 
Like, how many hands does it take to preach this morning? <laughs> how many, you know, the, this, the God who sits in heavenly lights. The Bible says that the enemy is the father of lies. And he, we are warned not to be blinded by the father of lies. Blinded by his darkness. Blinded by his obscurity. But God who sits in divine light. God who is divine light. Supernatural light illuminates every shadow. If you're here this morning and you find yourself overcome by shifting shadows, you find yourself overcome by the the torments of your own mind, overcome by the shadows of darkness in your own soul, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're discouraged, maybe life is breaking in on you, I have great news for you. You can step out into the sunbeams of heaven. You can step out into the, the light rays of our Father, the shining down on us in the person of Jesus Christ. You can step out into the radiance of the Father and let his light shine in on you. He's pouring out good gifts towards you today. He's pouring out perfect gifts on you today. Come on, somebody. He's pouring out himself. He's pouring out his goodness. He's pouring out his righteousness on you and I today. Oh, what is good and perfect of God? What is good and what is perfect? He's giving us himself. He's given us his presence. He's given us his joy. He's given us his peace. He's given us his righteousness. Today, step in to the gifts. You can, just like, just like the Bible says here in James 1.17, they're coming down. They're, they're raining down right now. They're raining down. They're all around us. You might not be able to see the gifts of his presence and the gifts of his goodness. But, but if you could see through the eyes of faith right now, there's, it's raining in the building. It's raining in here. It's, you, you, don't, you don't have a dark cloud like Charlie Brown. You've got the sunbeams sun of heaven. And it's raining all right, but it's raining down his presence everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, goodness and mercy's there. Everywhere you go, his son, his son is following you. Yeah, the son of righteousness is risen with healing in his beams. So our God is pouring out good and perfect gifts. They're raining down on you and I. <clears throat> raining down his righteousness. He's the father of heavenly lights. He's the one who's created every light. It's funny, this, this Jesus who laid as a baby in that manger is the bright morning star. The same baby that laid in the manger is the one who was shining bright light over his crib that day that the wise men were able to follow. The bright and morning star, the one who's radiating on you and I. As you've gone through life, his light has always been with you. When you were in the darkness of your depravity, his light was right there. When you were, were you, when you were in the midst of depravity and despair, when you were living in the pit, living out of the pig slop, when you were living in depravity, his light was right there. It's always been shining. It's always been radiating. 
His light was shining in that moment where you recognize that you were a sinner in need of a Savior. His light was radiating that moment where it pierced your heart, penetrated your soul, and the light of His excellency came into your life and transformed who you were. His light's always been radiating since the, before the beginning of time when the world was nothing and full of darkness and it was full of void, his light was still shining. His, radiate, his radiance was still shining in the middle of the darkness. <clears throat> He's always been light. He'll always be light. In the middle of your storm, he's still light. Did you hear me this morning? When you're finding yourself in the dark places, when you find yourself going through death's valley, his light's still radiating. He, he's still shining upon you. He's still radiating with you. He's your good shepherd who's walking with you. You know where to turn and what path to stay on because his radiant light has gone on before you. Just like the flashlight in the dark room of the house, you turn on the light so you can see where you're going. His radiance is on ahead of you and you can see where you're going. His radiance, like the pillar of fire with the Israelites, his radiance has gone before you. It's, it's a pillar behind you protecting you and it's a light ahead of you guiding you. His radiance always has been. It always will be. <clears throat> We'll step into an eternal city someday. I believe that day's coming very soon, but there's, there's coming a day as we sing about today that we will see the king, the eastern sky will split and the radiance of the Father is going to step out from, from behind the, the sky as we know it. <laughs> and I'm going to behold, I'm going to behold, I'm going to see him face to face. I'm going to see him when he splits that sky. I'm going to see him when that trumpet sounds. I'm going to see him when that shout from heaven goes out. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see him, and I'm going to step into a heavenly city. And the Bible says that there's no need for light in that heavenly city because the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb of God is the light of that city. There's a, there's a heavenly radiance. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen bits of it in this life. I've seen him show up in this life, but there's coming a day where I'll see it face to face. <coughs> He gives us gifts. <laughs> he gives us gifts. He's given us the gift of his son. He's given us the gift of his son. The radiance of the father, the outshining God is, is the light. He's the, he is, as it were, the son. Thank you. He is, as it were, the son. And Jesus is the radiance. Jesus is the outshining. We see... No, none of us look at the sun directly. You would hurt your eyes. You can't, you can't look at the sun directly unless, you know, and even in an eclipse, you've got to get a certain device to be able to see it. But we look, we look at Jesus and we see the Father. It's, it's the same. He's God of God and light of light. We see the, the illumination of the Father in the sun. We've been given the gift of the sun. I want you to think about, you know, go all the way back to the garden. We have a habit of breaking the gifts that we're given 
go all the way back to the garden. You know, if it wasn't Adam and Eve, it would have been somebody. Somebody would have broken it, right? Somebody would have messed it up. We're all broken. That, that sin nature is to be, to, to that sin nature, we're under that curse. We're created. We're, we're, as created beings, we're imperfect. Only God is perfect. And, and we see that. We see that show up in the garden. And they destroy the gift, right? They destroy the gift that they've been given. But isn't it good to know that God's never surprised? And he sent the gift of his son for you and I. And, and we had, just in the same nature as in the garden, we, as humans, had a tendency to murder the gift that was given to us. We had that, we, we murdered, we, we took the life that was given and broke and destroyed the gift. But isn't it good to know that God is never surprised by our humanity and our frailty? The very thing that he knew that we were capable of destroying the gift was the very thing that paid for our redemption. The very thing that, that we, he knew that we would do, we would murder his son. The very thing that he knew we would, just like a child with a new toy, would break it. He knew that in that moment, the brokenness is what would pay for our redemption. It was the plan of God through the ages that, that he knew that even in as we broke and destroyed the gift that was given to us, it was the very thing that would bring us new life. We murdered the King of kings and the Lord of lords, but in the murder, it brought me new life. He was despised and rejected. We rejected the gift of God, but it brought me acceptance in the presence of the Lord. The gift of God. I want you to think of God's always at rest. He's never, he's never, this, this image of God who is sitting and ruling and reigning all things never shifts. The shadows never turn. He's never got shadows. There's, he's never turning. There's never shadows. There's always at his zenith. He is sitting right now at perfect peace and perfect rest. It's in the moment that you step out of peace and you step out of rest, that you step into shifting shadows. Did you hear me? In your life, when you step out of operating at the rest of God, Hebrews tells us that there is a rest for the people of God. When you are laying or sitting or operating in a place of rest, it's illuminated, it's bright, you see clearly. You see the plan of God. You see the peace of God. You see the purpose of God. But the minute that you step out of the rest of God and you start striving in your own strength and you start striving in your own abilities, you start seeing the, sh the shifting shadows. You start seeing through another lens. You stop, start operating through another perspective. It's when you're at rest and you're enjoying the peace of God and sitting back in his light, in his reign. I'm not talking about being idle and inactive. I'm talking about living in a place of rest. If your mind is tormented, you're probably trying to do things in your own ability and your own strength. But when you enter into the rest of God and you begin to see things through his perspective, you've stepped into the illuminating light of the Father. And you're no longer operating at your own strength, seeing shifting shadows. You're seeing the peace of God. You see the light of God. 
It's like going from your house into from a light room into a dark room. You've and and your and your eyes are overwhelmed with the darkness and you have to refocus. And you wonder why you can't see possibilities. And you wonder why you can't see what God's trying to do. Because you've stepped out into your own strength. But God is seated right now on his throne. And he's not worried about tomorrow. And he's not worried about how to fix anything that happens in this life. He's ruling and reigning over all things by the word of his power. He has all authority, all dominion, all power. He's not worried right now about what Putin is doing. He's not worried what Biden is doing. He's not worried what the kingdoms of this world are doing. He's ruling over them. And he's allowing them to do what they're supposed to do until the end of the age. Until that day comes and he says, all right, boys and ladies, let's bring this to a close. He's wrapping it all up according to his plan. All of these things that are taking place, Jesus said, don't be surprised. He's not worried about what's happening in the world today. He's ordering the steps of the things that are happening. He's moving the puzzle pieces around for the day of judgment that's coming. He's sitting as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not worried. His light is not diminished. His life doesn't shift or change. It's not diminished because of who he is. He's at perfect peace. His peace keeps him at full zenith. His peace and his holiness keeps him in perfect light at all times. It's only when you step into darkness that the light begins to change. But when you're in fullness, bright light, it never changes, it's always radiant. When light is light, it's always light. I know that's so complex. It's, did you hear me? But he, you can't, darkness and light can't coexist. Did you hear me? Darkness and light can't, if light is light, it's light. It can't be dark. He can't have darkness. The Bible says there's no darkness in him. There's no light in him. There's no room. There's no place. He's so full of light. There's no room for darkness. He's so saturated with light. Right now in this room, it's not saturated with light. There's shadows. You can see the shadows on the back walls where the lights are because it's not saturated with light. But God is absolutely, perfectly saturated with Himself. He's absolutely, perfectly filled to overflowing with Himself. There is no room for anything else. You and I have space for other things. You and I find ourselves filling our lives with other things other than Him. We find the darkness. We find the the lust of the flesh. We find the lie. We find the, the past hurt, the failure. And we have room in our lives for other things. God, not so. In our lives, we we try to fill up with other stuff. Do you hear me? But God's saturated with Himself. He's perfectly, permanently, forever filled with His own self. And because He's full of light, because He's saturated with light, because He's saturated with Himself, you you can't add any more to God than He's already got because He's overflowing. He's already so full that he's overflowing. The Bible says that there's a river that's flowing from his throne. There's so much of him that he overflows into a river. 
There's so much goodness that it overflows into a river. There's so much joy that it overflows into a river. There's so much righteousness that it overflows into a river. There's so much of himself that it just overflows. David says, your house drips, drips. Everywhere I look in heavenly home, it's dripping with the goodness. It's dripping with his goodness because it's just saturated. He's just saturated with God. And he's so full of his goodness. He's so full. In a good way, he's full of himself. In a good way, he's so full of himself. He's so overflowing and saturating that it pours out into a river. And it pours out. And it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop in heaven. It it overtakes me. And it overtakes you. There's a river that flows out of heaven. A river of his presence. A river of his joy. A river of his light. A river of his goodness. And you and I can sit back just like the radiance in the sun on a bright and sunny day we can say and look to the it's overflowing on me yeah the sun's overflowing on me and saturating me and filling my life yeah you can you can be saturated in him just like he's filled with himself you can be full of him you can be filled with his light you can be filled with his goodness he's given us every spiritual blessing He's given us, he's given you every spiritual blessing. Right now, Ephesians 1 says he's made available to you and I every, say every, every spiritual blessing. (laughs) He's sitting in heaven fully saturated, full of his goodness and mercy. And he's overflowing with every spiritual blessing concerning you and I. That's why John the Baptist say, I must decrease and he must increase. There's always room for more of him. There's always space. There's always room to keep receiving. You know, we, we've, I've heard it so many times. I have all of God I need. Stop telling me I need more. I, you know, I have the Bible. I have Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit. I, I'm good. I, yeah, but thank God he's given us himself. But he's an infinite God. <laughs> He's an infinite God. He's an infinite being. He's an infinite love. He's an infinite joy. He's infinite peace. He's constantly overflowing. And I've got to decrease and he's got to increase. I've got, and the only way to do that is just to do what he's doing. And it's saturating in his light. It's, it's got, you got to do the same thing he's doing. And it's just sitting there in heaven in his peace, on his throne. You just got to find yourself at his throne, saturating in his peace, saturating in who he is. Now, I got on to that because when you get your eyes off the light and you step out of his peace, it's then you start seeing the shadows. God said to prophet Jeremiah that they've exchanged the fountain of living waters for broken cisterns. When you exchange the fountain of living waters of eternal life, the light that never goes dark, when you exchange that, you find yourself trying to drink from cups and bottles that never will satisfy. You drink from the the bottles and the cups of this life that will never satisfy. They eventually run out. They have an expiration date. But the river of God never expires. The joy of God never expires. You can keep drinking, keep receiving, keep 
taking in his light and his goodness. You go to the grocery store and you buy your alcohol. It has an expiration date on it. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. When you put that cigarette in your mouth, you have an expiration date. <laughs> Come on, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. You try and try to fill your life and saturate with things that don't satisfy. When you were created for an endless God, you were created for an endless, eternal, immortal life, full of the, the, the light of heaven, full of His goodness, full of His peace. That's what you were created for. That's what you were created for. You try to find your, your, your delight in anything but, eventually it's going to run out. Eventually it's going to run out. Every spiritual blessing has been made available to you and I. Ephesians. I'm going to flip over there. Can you all put that up on the screen? Ephesians 1. It's Ephesians 1, chapter, or chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So that, that verse, I'm, I'm, I'm just in, in teaching and digging mode, so just hang with me for a moment. Let me, let me read verse 4. Well, let me keep reading. We'll just see where we'll stop and I'll come back. Just as he chose us, verse 4, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord, verse 3, who has blessed us with Every spiritual blessing he has given to you and I, he's invoked the word bless. He's invoked upon you and I kingly authority in his kingship, in his lordship, has his decreed, declared, invoked every blessing upon you and I. Now, if, if a king tells you you have every spiritual blessing, what do you have? I told you this isn't hard this morning. Light is light is light, right? It doesn't get, doesn't get any harder. Every spiritual blessing is available to you in Christ in heavenly places. The blessings don't come in the carnal realm. Every spiritual blessing is available to you in heavenly kingdom, not earthly kingdom. That doesn't mean that things don't translate into earthly blessings, but the source of them is according to the heavenly kingdom. The source of your blessing. The Bible, James 1.17, to tie it together, every good and perfect gift comes down. Where is it coming from? Down, raining down on you and I from our Father. who Father of what? Heavenly lights. The one who created all light. I want you to think about this. You all got the light is light is light concept? Now I'm going to go another... Okay, when you go out, maybe not in Ohio, and look up at the sky, and there's not clouds at night, 
maybe better yet, we should say when you Google the sky and you look up pictures on the internet of what the sky looks like without clouds, <laughs> and you see that you laugh because you know it's true, and you see the you see the galaxies and the constellations and all of the enormous, immense creation of God in the heavens. It goes on millions of years. You know, scientists are trying to figure out where the end is in space. They can't find the end. It just keeps going. And just when they think they've found all of the galaxies, there's another and there's another and there's more. It just keeps going. The expanse of the universe just keeps going. And the Bible says that He is the Father of heavenly lights. He is the one who fathered all of those lights. He's the one that's created every... When you look up in the sky and you see the immenseness of it, you look on the NASA photos and the galaxy, He's the Father of heavenly lights. He's the one that created all of those things. He's the one that holds them in orbit. He's the one that holds them in existence. He's the one that's created the various colors of light that radiate down out of those stars and out of those planets. The Father of heavenly lights. This same God in heavenly places, in heavenly places, in spiritual places, has given to you and I every spiritual blessing. Oh, the diversity and the complexity and the immenseness and the eternal nature of every spiritual blessing. If that in a created world, did you hear me? If that, the heavens in a created world are just but a photo, they're just but a snapshot of what God has actually created in spiritual places, in heavenly places for you and I. Oh, the blessing of God that exists for you. Oh, the blessing of God that exists for you. And we have the wonderful comforter, the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said, I am sending another helper, one just like me. You've seen the radiance of the Father in me. You've seen the outshining. But now there's now I'm going to live in you. I'm going to reside on the inside of you through the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to lead and guide you into all truth. Every blessing blessing that's available to you, the Holy Spirit is to lead you and to tell you all about it. He's the great Google that can tell you all the things that you need to know. Just like you in this life, try to Google search everything. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, ready to tell you all things that you need to know. He's ready to tell you every truth, every wisdom, every blessing, every goodness that you need. But when you try it in your own strength and you try it in your own abilities, you live in the shadows of what could be. But when you step into the light, you see what will be. God, my goodness, when you live in the shadows of the shifting shadows, you see what could be and, and the things that might someday be. But when you live by faith in the light of the Lamb, you see what will be. It's assured to you just as the air as you breathe, the blessing 
blessing of the Lord and His goodness is just as sure to you as the, as the earth that you walk on. It's more tangible and more real than anything in this life. Why? Because our God, the good God, the perfect God, is pouring out good and perfect gifts. He's the Father of heavenly lights who does not change. So stop living in the shifting shadows and live in the light of His presence. He's given you the gift of His Son. He's given you the radiance of His Son. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift, everybody say gift, the gift of God is eternal life. You have a free gift. You have the gift of grace. It's not... It's not by works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 tells us you are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. God's given to you the gift of His Son. He's given to you the gift of His righteousness. He's given to you the gift of His goodness. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. In the brokenness, in the brokenness of our life, we crucified Jesus In the brokenness, we rejected him. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected of men. You rejected him. You despised him. It wasn't the Roman soldiers. It was you. You murdered him. It wasn't the Roman soldiers. Yeah, they may have been, they may have been agents of the divine plan, but, but you did it. You were the one that nailed him to the cross. You were the one who rejected him and despised him. And in our frailty, in our brokenness, in the humanity of this world... Christ came. He offered himself as a gift to you and I. And the very thing that we despised and rejected, we now cherish. The very thing that we rejected and wanted nothing to do with, we've been given a gift. And the gift is called a new nature in Jesus Christ. We've been given righteousness. Righteousness not of my own. Righteousness that I couldn't earn, but imputed righteousness. Righteousness that was placed upon me. That righteousness on the inside of me has given me a new nature. It's changed my desires. It's changed who I am. It changed what I, what I long for. Does anybody hear me this morning? Yeah, so the thing that you rejected and despised, you now cherish and desire. That's why David could say, one thing have I desired. It was the work of God in the soul of man. That's what he wants to do in your life. If your desires and and your, your level of cherishing the gift of God is low. If you're like a kid at Christmas who says, oh, that gift's good, but I'm going to put that aside for another day. I really wanted... Just hang on. Stay in the light of His presence a little while longer. If you haven't found the enjoyment that David sang about in His presence, if you haven't found the enjoyment and the delight that we danced and sang about this morning, just stay in the light with me just a little while longer. Just hang out in His presence just a little bit longer and you'll find that your nature will be changed. You'll find that your desires will be changed. The difficulty is, is that we'd rather live in the excuse of the dark room than move into the light. That blanket, yep. You see, when we have our excuse, we can hang out in the dark room and the dark spaces and never have to acknowledge what's seen in the light. 
You see, when you step into the light of his goodness and you step into the light of who he is, you really see who you are. When you step into the holiness of God and you see his, there's everything lays bare before him. Everything, everything in your life lays bare before him. And the problem is not that he knew it, but that you didn't. And when you step into the light, you see who you really are. When you step into the light, you see your own brokenness. You see your own depravity. You see what you lack. Like the rich young ruler this morning, what lack I yet? And you step, that was, his, that was what he said, what, I've got all these possessions, I have all this stuff, but what lack I yet, Jesus? That's not Cajun, it's what do I lack? What lack I yet? <laughs> That's not... <laughs> What am, what, I have all of this. What am I still missing, Jesus? But when the radiance of the Father shows up, you see your own brokenness. And you have a choice in that moment. Am I going to yield? Am I going to surrender? Am I going to stop playing and trying to do it in my own strength? Are you just going to own up to the fact that you have issues and you're broken and you need the light, the healing beams of Jesus to radiate in your life? You see, we, I see that happen in church all the time. Can I just be real with you for a moment? I see this happen. All the time people, you know, things happen. Life happens, right? And when life happens, things happen. Trouble comes, trial comes. And then all of a sudden we see in a, in a church body, it's really easy to see the, the, the faults and the failures of others. Because we do life together. And we live in the light together. And when, when, when things happen and the light of God is shining down and and in this atmosphere where we make room for his light in our church, it's really hard for things to hide in shadows. And so when life happens and people start to see themselves for who they really are, they get nervous. Well, I don't want people to see me. I'm going to stop coming to church. I don't want you to see me. I'm not going to church. I don't want you to see what I got. I want you to see my problems. I have problems. I have issues. And we start making excuses because we don't want to live in the light. We don't want to live in the light. It's hard to live in the light. It's actually pretty easy, but we make it hard because we don't want people to see us. You heard me? We don't want to. We, <laughs> we don't want people to see that. I don't want you to see what I got. I got problems. So does everybody else sitting around you. Sweetheart, get over yourself. Everybody got problems. Let the light come. The son of righteousness has risen with healing in his beam. When you move into the light... Healing comes. You ever notice there's a real thing here in Northeast Ohio called seasonal, what is it? Sad, affective disorder. It's called sad for a reason. Yeah, yeah, sad, seasonal affective disorder. You don't get enough vitamin D from the sun, you get depressed. It's a real thing. It's a real thing when you, it's called spiritual apathy. When you're not living in the sun, it's called sad. You look like a sad, miserable, crusty, cranky Christian. And you treat everyone around you like a sad, miserable, cranky, crusty Christian. How do you know you've been living in the light? Because you got some joy in your life. So you heard me? So get out into the sun. I bet you, know, you go to New Orleans two weeks, you start picking up things. So, you heard me? 
Boo, you got it? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's, let's see, what is he talking about? What lack I yet? Boo, you know, it's all of it. It's going to come out. Next thing I'm going to be saying, who dat? <laughs> it all comes out. We live it in the light. <laughs> Move into the light. Move into the light. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to keep you in the light. Worship team, you all come back. Let me say that I want you to get this. Don't tune out because I asked the worship team to come back and you think that you're getting ready to go to McDonald's or Bob Evans. Listen. <laughs> the Bible says to, to walk in the Spirit. Galatians says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Did you hear that? Okay. It's in the Bible. I didn't make it up. So when you walk in the spirit, what are you doing? You are walking as children of the light. And the Holy Spirit keeps you in the light because he is the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of light. He's the spirit of his job is to keep you. In the light. So if you are in darkness, in shadows, if you're tormented, if you're bothered, you're angry, you're anxious, any of those things, if you're living carnally, if you're, here's what, I mean, uh, Jesus, do we have time? Y'all got a few minutes? Okay. Here's what happens. We get, we live by our emotions. Anybody who tells you you think first and act later does not understand science. Science will even tell you we feel first, then behave. Our behaviors are actually, and I, I, can, I have a little bit of expertise in this, but our behaviors are actually determined, our behavioral style, you're talking about personalities, are actually determined by how we feel about things. They're rooted in fear. If you go to the root of all that, right, Miss Counselor, they're rooted in fear. You, certain styles, I'll pick on Pastor Brandon because I know his style because it's clear for we live in the light and everybody sees it. <laughs> Is he, he loves to be around people, right? He loves to be around people. But his style, the fear rooted in that is, I'm just being very practical, this fear of rejection. And we all have something that we're afraid of. There's that fear. It's that carnal nature. It's under the curse. It's the sin curse. But what happens is we live by our feelings. We feel discouraged. We feel depressed. We feel fear. We feel whatever those things are, and we act. And what we're created in Christ to do, the Holy Spirit, we're to interrupt the natural cycle, the human sinful cycle of feel and act out or behave negatively and change that with what does the Spirit say? What does the Bible say? What does Jesus... You've got the blood, you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the Word of God. What does He say about all of this? What's truth about all of this? Because when all of whatever your this is, whatever the mess is that you're dealing with, you want to respond out of natural... And our affections, who we are, are to, in Christ, glorify God. Just like you are to glorify Him in everything that you do, 
your emotions, your affections are to glorify God as well. I know that's new to some of you, but that's why Jesus said, be angry and sin not. He didn't say it was sin to be angry. He said, don't sin as a result of how you feel. Somebody's getting breakthrough this morning. Hallelujah. So when you feel that, you say, what does the word say about this? When, when my flesh says, I want to be bitter because of what they did. Come on now. What's the, what's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you saying? Forgive. You can't, you can't worship and bring your gift to the altar if you have an offense with a brother. Go make it right and then come worship. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to tell you. Smile at me, it'll do you good. You know, you would just, right? <clears throat> when you get angry about what's happening in life and you want to shut down and ignore it. Hello? When, when, you, when you want to shut down and ignore what's happening in life, the Holy Spirit on the inside said, no, no, no. You can't shut down and not deal with this. You were created as an overcomer for this. You are more than an overcomer. If you shut down, you don't get victory. You can't overcome shut down. You've turned off your victory. So if you want to be an overcomer, you say, okay, I'm going to pit on my big boy, my big girl britches and belly up to the table, and I'm going to be an overcomer in this. Hello. Because you were creative. I'm living in the light. I'm living in the light. So when you live in the light, you bring your emotions into the light. You bring your excuses into the light. You know what happens when you do that? Let me just a step further. You see different. You see different. Did you hear me? You see different. When you step into the light with those excuses, when you step into the light with those emotions, when you step into the light, what happens? You see different. You don't see through anger. And you determine what to do with that anger. Instead of being bitter, what did Jesus do when he got angry? He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. He was angry. I'm getting a lot of feedback, Joe. He's, he's, he was angry. He was angry. And he, what? He went in and he overturned the tables because he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. You can recognize what emotion you have, but you need to, you better find the truth about it. Jesus had an emotion and he knew the truth. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11, Paul of Faith says, Noah moved by what? Fear. Built an ark. He saw what was to come and there was a healthy fear. We always think fear is bad. He had a healthy fear of what was to come and he built an ark. Truth. Negative fear would say, run and hide for the mountains. Let's, let's build... Let's build a tall tower on the highest mountain and when it rains, we'll try to escape it. Let's not tell anybody about what's going on. Let's just try to escape this. And we shut down. 
But healthy fear with truth says, you better build an ark. God said, get busy. He gave me the plans. You better start building and you better start preaching. Judgment's coming. See the difference? So living in the light, you're going to live in the light. He's the father of heavenly lights. Every good and perfect gift. He wants you He wants you to enjoy. Why don't you stand with me? He wants you to enjoy everything He's blessed you with. So move on into the light. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence here with us today. Lord, I thank you that lives are being transformed. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing at Celebration Church those who are with us in person, those who have joined us online today. Lord, I thank you for your blessing, your anointing on every home. Lord, I thank you that the peace, the peace of heaven reigns in every home. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that we're gonna live in the light. Lord, I thank you that we're gonna live in the light, that every, every family is gonna move into the light, not live in the shadows, not make excuses. Lord, but we're going to live, live in your light and live in the blessing, every spiritual blessing in Jesus' name.